Welcome to Sold for Soup. Episode number seven. Lucky number seven. Listen to your heart. I'm Rich Whitman. And I'm Jennifer Whitman. And I know we've said this several times over the last several weeks, but listen to your heart obviously reminds me of a song. Yes, uh, it's Roxette singing that song and dispensing some pretty amazing life advice. So this week we're going to talk about our hearts and our minds. Our human body is made up of several parts and each part is crucial for our survival. But if you had to rank the most important of each organ, it seems to me at least that the brain and the heart would be at the top. So when we discuss our spiritual makeup, the mind and the heart seem to top the list as well. They come up a lot. But what does the Bible say about the heart and mind? What's the difference between the two? And what is the relationship between my mind and my heart? Well, I'll just say shout out to the lungs because we already talked about the lungs, but they're right up there too. I would say breathing is top priority. So yeah, I agree. Beyond the lungs, the heart and the brain are vital to life. And so we're going to talk about how they're vital not only to sustain life, but also for our experience of life. They're both organs that keep us alive and allow us to experience life. Like I said last week, there are things we need to stay alive, and there are the things that we stay alive for. And the things that we stay alive for involve the brain quite a bit and the quote-unquote heart, which we're going to talk about today. The heart and mind are mentioned thousands of times throughout the Bible. If we were to go through all the different messages and passages mentioning the heart and mind, we could come up with many different definitions for the heart and the mind, depending on which word we used, where it came from, its biblical context. In general, however, the heart refers to the part of the human body that controls the desires, our emotions, our hopes, our dreams— and other intangible parts of our being. The mind typically, however, refers to the part of the human body that controls the intelligent, our reasoning, and our thoughts. Yeah, I agree. The heart, whenever I remember, you know, reading the Bible, heart that alludes to passion or love or desire. And then if you read the word mind, it makes you think, triggers the thought of logic or reason. So then when you hear that song, listen to your heart, what that means to me is it's saying, let your passion sort of influence your logical mind. Would you agree with that? Sure. I love this topic because physiologically it involves the nervous system, which is one of my favorite things. I deal with the nervous system a lot when I'm adjusting people. And when the time when the Bible was written, there was not a lot known about the physiology of the mind and the heart and the nervous system. So when a thought made the heart race, that was the most noticeable physiological response Whatever triggered that was usually a strong emotion, and that's what cat- is categorized now as quote-unquote heart. We still do this. We, The nervous system and endocrine system actually create the change in the heart rate and blood flow. We now know that the limbic system in the brain, specifically the amygdala, is responsible for integrating emotion and triggering this fight-or-flight responses. These are the things we contribute to the heart as primary source, but the heart is doing what the mind tells it to. Even so, we will forever continue to refer to emotional intuition, just as the Bible did. And we all understand what it means. And it's technically wrong, but it's fine. When we say heart, we mean the limbic lobe of the brain, generally. 
Yeah, it'd be kind of weird to be like, I want to invite Jesus into my Olympic, you say Olympic? No, not Olympic, Limbic, L-I-M-B-I-C. Lobe. You're Instead of my heart. Right, that would be that would be weird. <laughs> would be I weird. understand why they said invite Jesus into your heart versus into your into your brain or your mind. I know when you say I I love you, you make a little picture of a heart. Yeah, there there are many words in both Hebrew and Greek that are translated mind. In the Old Testament, the word that is often translated mind is the word that's also used for heart. Sometimes the word heart refers to the actual physical organ, but many times it refers to our inner being the seat of our will, what what controls our emotions. In the New Testament, the word cardia, the Greek word for heart, can also refer to the physical organ, but it's also translated mind as well. So we see that the word for heart and mind are interchangeable. Yeah, so they knew. They knew that love was rooted in the mind somewhere and not necessarily the heart, uh, like as a physical organ. There are several other words that are often translated mind. Perhaps the most important for theological purposes is found in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Here Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The word dianoia is a compound word that combines dia, which might be translated through, and the word nous, which is another word for mind. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, he is not highlighting various ideas or various aspects of our personality. He is not differentiating between emotion and intellect. Rather, what Jesus is saying is love the Lord your God should be an all-inclusive thing. The mind is simply one more way to identify the inner being or all that we are. The proposed idea here, I guess, would be to love the Lord your God with our whole being. Today, we often set the mind and the heart against each other, as in Even though I knew it was a bad idea, I decided to follow my heart. Likewise, sometimes we speak of head knowledge versus heart knowledge. These are simply modern conventions that differentiate intellect from emotions. So God wants us to be in alignment with our emotion, our emotional side of our being, and our logical side of our being and be balanced there, right? I would agree. Where where does this all fit in with like the Holy Spirit and prayer? Like in Romans 10.10, where it says, with the heart one believes. So like in other areas of scripture, as here in Romans 10.10, the heart and mind overlap. You make a cognitive decision to follow God. So I think they're talking about the same thing. But emotion versus logic, if it's the same thing, then why do they use different words for it? I feel like the writer is referring to different parts of the mind and human experience. And I think the distinction is important. And I would totally agree. However... I would add this, that I feel like that I have to make a decision in my mind to follow Jesus. It isn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with my heart. And yet we refer to the heart as being the emotional trigger, I guess, for our decision to follow Jesus. But again, the heart is, like I said earlier, the heart is, when we use that term, we're referring to a part of the brain still, which is the limbic lobe, the the amygdala. So still, when we say heart, and we're referring to it in the Bible, it, that's never going to change because that's part of our vernacular. Um, we're never going to, I don't see that ever changing where we're going to say, um, invite Jesus into your amygdala or something like that. So we're going to keep saying heart, but we're referring to a part of your brain. Biblically, then the mind is simply the inner being or the sum total of our mental, emotional, and spiritual 
faculties without drawing the fine distinctions between them too. Correct. Okay. So yeah, I can I can accept that. We deal with semantics, but we want to make sure everyone's on the same page when we're talking about it. Yeah, that's why I think I was always confused when I was growing up when they would say you need to ask Jesus into your heart. You know, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm down with that. I need to do that. But as as you grow older, you start to you know put two and two together, and you're like, what the hell does that mean? Well, what does it mean to you now? Well, now it means to me that I'm making a decision to follow Christ. I'm, I'm making a mental decision to follow Jesus. So balance comes to mind. It's something that I try to keep in my life. And it's something that I try to teach to patients as balance when it comes to the physical human frame. But ultimately, you need to have a balance between your heart and your mind, between your emotions and your cognitive thoughts about who you're following. You need that congruency in life where you're not making decisions necessarily just out of emotion and listening to your heart. And you're not making decisions just out of your logical brain, but those two are congruent and coming together and influencing each other to have a balance in your life. Yeah. And I think that that's part of what the Bible means when it says that at some point in our lives, we got to come to maturity in our decision of following Christ. Oftentimes, I think people make the decision to follow Jesus because it's an emotional thing. And as you grow older and as you become more mature, then you're actually making a mental decision to follow Jesus. Yeah. I think it's healthy to acknowledge your emotions but it can be unhealthy to make decisions while you're in the middle of an emotional response. We tend to make better decisions while being calm and rational. A friend got an intense text message this weekend and crafted a very uh, pointed response and asked me if they should send it. And I just said, you know, I want you to wait, wait like 10 minutes, let your emotions chill out for a minute. And then I want you to read it again. And then if you still like what it says and you think it conveys how you, your point, then send it. It's very easy to, in the emotional heat of things, to say things you don't mean that don't line up with what your true thoughts are. So how did that, how does that story end? What happened? What they decided to do? They, they didn't send it and they, I, I don't think they ever send it. <laughs> okay. How much damage have we done in our lives because we are responding in the thick of things instead of letting our minds and our emotions not get the best of us and then actually making a responsible decision in how we respond. And maybe it's not just a response. Maybe it's just how we are, how we behave and what we do. Yeah. So we can make decisions, you know, where they say love is blind. When you're first in love, you can try to overlook really bad things and then and red flags and you make poor decisions in life about perhaps a mate. But interestingly, the part of the brain that integrates those feelings of love, those emotions also integrates fear and it creates that fight or flight response. So fear is another emotion that we can make decisions out of that I think can also be unhealthy. So sometimes during moments of anxiety, this can trigger fear in us, right? When we're when we're we're having an anxious moment it's it's either, you know, it's fight or flight. Yeah. So the the other part of your brain, if you hear someone being cerebral, they're too much in their uh, logical thought. And if someone's operating from their heart only, then they're too much in that emotional state. And so balance between the two, the cerebrum and the amygdala can be very important. So oftentimes prayer and meditation are used to help balance those two things out.
as we progress through our lives and as we, I guess, get older, and this isn't necessarily always true because, you know, I know adults that lose control of their emotions and they live their lives out of fear and anxiety and they're, you know, they have tempers and they respond inappropriately often. But as we take a step back and as we mature, and especially in our relationship with the Lord, as we mature, it should lead us to being more responsible with those parts of our brain that are giving us these responses. I think this is something that all of us have to work on on a daily basis. And that's probably why it's mentioned so many times in the Bible. It's also interesting because it's a great lead into what we're going to talk about next week. So whatcha, whatcha, whatcha know about being slow to speak, Jen? I, I don't know. What do I know? I, <laughs> I am, I'm a listener, I think, for the most part. And I don't, I'm not quick to speak. So um, I, I don't like to just interject things without knowing a lot, all the different sides and that's just kind of the way I am. I guess I don't really know a lot about it other than that's how I operate. Next week's episode will be primarily probably dealing with anxious responses and anger. What are we doing in order to slow things down and respond appropriately? What about your favorite thing from this last week? What was your favorite thing from this last week? Well, it was St. Patrick's Day this past week, and we got to go watch Michigan State win in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And it was a big go green day. So we had fun and lots of luck that day. What was your favorite part about last week? So my favorite thing about last week was finally getting caught up on some stuff at work and being able to feel like that we're getting ready to go on vacation. So being able to feel like that I'm actually ahead of things a little bit makes me know that I'll be able to relax a little more while we're gone. So that's exciting. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We continue to receive text messages from many of you complimenting the pod. We're enjoying sharing this time with you. Please tell your friends to listen and to follow us on our, our socials, soldforsoup.com, soldforsoup on Instagram, soldforsoup on Twitter, which we have like four Twitter followers is all. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on with TikTok. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Did you say don't worry about it? <laughs> all right. I won't worry about it. Hey, I'm going on spring break this week, so I want to post a few TikToks. That's my goal. The only thing we want you guys to worry about is going out there and getting healthy. So go get healthy, everyone. Peace out.